0: infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss ideas for play, outline some insight about early development, and talk about life as a parent or caregiver in these early years of parenthood. The mission of Learn With Less is to provide confidence to new families that you can support and connect with your baby and toddler without having to buy a single toy. If you'd like to learn more about Learning with Less or about my best-selling books, Understanding Your Baby or Understanding Your Toddler, open up a new tab in your browser to my website, learnwithless.com. If you enjoy this episode, I hope you will take just a moment of your time to leave a review on Apple Podcasts. This allows us to reach more families and professionals and share our values of community, playfulness, inclusivity, simplicity, and education when it comes to early learning and early parenthood. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to I Yell It, hello to the singers, hello. Hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I will help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name. Hello to your name. Hello. 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 Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. Everybody. Hello. 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 Today, we've got a very special guest on Learn With Less, Grace Bernales, a pediatric speech language pathologist and founder of Graceful Expression. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Grace, hello to Grace. Hello, 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 hello to all our old friends. Hello to all our new friends. Hello, 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 one last time. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here today. Hello, everybody, hello, everybody. It's nice to see you here. Before we get started today, I would like to just acknowledge that the sound quality of this particular episode is not the highest, but as with all my episodes, I, just, I also provide the text transcript over on my website, which you can also read at any time. Just head on over to learnwithless.com and find the podcast tab on the main menu to get there. Okay, welcome. So today, hi, (laughs) today I'm speaking with Grace Bernales, a pediatric speech-language pathologist based in Los Angeles and owner of Graceful Expression, providing in-home speech and feeding therapy. Grace loves working with the early intervention population and elementary-aged children and provides extremely helpful information and play ideas on social media and in her store on the site Teachers Pay Teachers. Grace's primary passion is providing speech and language therapy for the three and under population as well as preschoolers and she truly enjoys coaching families and believes in the importance of empowering parents to connect with their child. So Grace, I have just loved getting to know you a little bit on social media and I want to welcome you today to Learn With Less. Well, hi, Ellie.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and just to speak with you and just talk about um, the early intervention population.
0: That's it. Yes. A passion for us both. (laughs) (laughs) So I have asked you to come onto the show, of course, today to speak to us about early intervention and really what a speech therapist does with infants and toddlers. But first, why don't you tell us a little bit more about you and how you got into the work that you're doing today?
1: Yeah, sure. So I knew growing up, I always wanted to work with children or help people somehow. I just wasn't sure yet. Um, I initially actually wanted to be a school or clinical psychologist. So I had my degree in psychology. So while I was in school, I worked as a behavioral therapist. And a lot of the children uh, were children on the spectrum or with Down syndrome, and they often had speech therapy and a communication device. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of how I learned more about the field. And then I decided to do a few um, observation sessions, volunteer opportunities through that. And that's kind of how I got into it. And then also my dad had his own clinic as a physician. And I just, it kind of inspired me to do my own thing and also open up my own clinic. So that's mm-hmm. how I up a great sports session.
0: <laughs> that's so great. I love that. Well, let's dig right in. So what does a speech language pathologist do with an infant or toddler during these early intervention services? specifically yeah. speech and language pathology of course right, is no, what we can a, speak to
1: right that's a good question and i feel like um you know coming into the family's homes or just um you know from the initial session not many families know exactly how the sessions work so usually i'll you know tell them you know it's very important for the families to be involved in the speech session versus just you know sitting on the chair or watching the therapist or just being on their phone I like to explain to them, you know, it's very important for the families to be involved. I mean, it, it does involve a lot of play. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always tell families to, you know, it may look like we're just playing, but we're actually using a lot of different speech and language goals um, to target using different toys. And it also, um, you know, it's very common for a speech therapist to interact with the parent. You know, we kind of talk about how the session goes. Um, I explained to them different strategies that they can also do with their child during um, that session. Mm -hmm. Uh, But now, you know, now that COVID is around, of course, my sessions are via Zoom. And it's still very much the same. It's just more parent coaching versus me showing them uh, with their child toys.
0: Right. Well, this is a great sort of lead into the next real question that I have for you, which is you were speaking so much about, you know, that involvement of the parent or caregiver with Mm -hmm. the child within a therapy context. So tell us a little bit about for those families who don't really know what this is. What is the parent coaching model and Mm -hmm. why is it considered so effective?
1: So parent coaching, is a very interactive process between the therapist and the parent. It involves a lot of observation, reflection and action to help promote the parent's ability to support their child's participation during the session. Mm -hmm. So for example, oftentimes, you know, before a session, I'll speak with the families, whether it's on the phone or email, I'm asking like, Oh, hey, is there any specific tool you want to work on today? Are there any specific words or strategies you want to work on today. And then we'll come kind of come up with some things together prior to the session and then oftentimes the session or the toys that we use are of course what the parent has already. I don't expect families to, you know, go out and buy their own toy. I always like to use whatever is already in their home. So that's kind of part of the parent coaching model where I tell them, you know, we can use these toys today if you like, we can use those toys. And then usually throughout that parent coaching, I'll, while I'm observing them, I'll kind of include them if you tips that, you know, they could adjust or I'll kind of help them build up on strategies that they're already doing themselves. Mm-hmm. as well as adding on new skills that they can share with their child throughout the session or throughout the week when I'm not speaking with them. But yeah, and I just feel like parent coaching is just so effective because the parent is with the child 24 exactly. 7. The therapist is not there 24 7. You know, they're the ones that's interacting with their child throughout the day, throughout the week, throughout the month. So it's really important for the family to be hands on with the child, um, you know, versus a session where, let's say, the family is just in the waiting room or the family is yeah. just sitting on the couch. It's going to be very different or difficult for the parent to try the strategy without. Seeing it themselves or doing it themselves. And I know most people are very hands-on. I know I'm very hands-on, so I feel like for me to really understand a strategy or do a certain skill, I need to be able to also get in the action. So that's kind of why I feel like parent coaching is so effective because we're having them do that particular strategy with their child. And that way they can at least remember like, oh, okay, Grace showed me how to do this. I did this during the session. So I can do this with myself more. So I feel like that's why parent coaching is just so important.
0: Right? Because it's an it's like an active learning process. Right. So it's so interesting, because I think so often we as the adults in the room, and as, mm-hmm. as a parent, for instance, we oftentimes will assume like, okay, my child is receiving services. So right. my child will be the one who this therapy session is focused around. But really, in many cases, early intervention is so much about parent education and about mm-hmm. building up that parent's. Uh, or caregiver's capacity to really be able to feel confident that they can do that, that they can serve their child, that they can support their child, and that they have the tools to connect with their little one and Mm -hmm. support their little one within play, within everyday routines. And I'm just curious to hear from you, you know, I think we do in general as a society and as parents in this day and age, focus on the tools themselves instead Mm -hmm. of those interactions. And play can really, obviously, as you know, and I know that you share this all the time mm-hmm. on, say, Instagram, for instance, play can happen and and developmentally supportive and enriching play can happen mm-hmm. with everyday materials and in play. those everyday routines and interactions. And I'd love, we'll we'll get some specific tips for you in just a moment, mm-hmm. but I'd love if you could share just a few of those actual materials that you might recommend, whether they are the like a toy or the everyday... <laughs> (laughs) material version of a toy, for instance, that you might sort of gravitate towards or help families gravitate towards within your sessions?
1: Yeah, sure. So a few that come to mind at the top of my head, number one would be a paper towel roll or a (laughs) toilet paper roll, which I'm sure everybody has. Right. Um, So... So I always tell families, you know, when you run out of paper towel or toilet paper, you know, save those because you can do a lot of different things with it. And one of the main things I like to use it as is like a microphone. Yes. And because I feel like children just love hearing like how their voice echoes or how your voice echoes. So I've just told parents to use that. And then it's also fun to play um, an i Spy game with it if you have two of those. So that, you know, you can get a lot of language with those roles. And then I also like to use boxes. Um, a lot of, I'm, I'm sure, especially people these days they're using Amazon boxes or whatever <laughs> they're shipping to their home. <laughs> and I've had kids where they pretend it's like a car. I've had parents mm-hmm. draw wheels on it and then they push them in the in the box. It's also turned into um, a fort or like a castle where you can draw windows on it. <laughs> so, you know, definitely toys don't have to be actual toys. Like you said, it can be everyday items. And then I would say the third Everyday item that I like to use often, too, is um, a muffin tin. Yes. Uh, (laughs) Right. I like using muffin tins because, you know, the parent can put whatever item or toy they could put in there, and then I tell them to cover it up with some tape or painter's tape. That way they can um, use that for a lot of requesting, labeling. It's fun for kids to also rip off the tape. It's like they're opening a present each time. Um, So that one's definitely a favorite of mine, too.
0: I love that. Yeah. Do you do you like to use the like solid uh, metal ones or have you ever experimented with the the rubbery sort of foldy ones that can that can be heated up in the oven?
1: Yeah, I've done both. I think most of the times they use the regular, the actual muffin tins you put in the oven. Um, but I've had some families where they had the rubbery one and that was just as fun too. That's fun
0: too, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Well, we're going to just take a very brief break to hear a word from our sponsors. And then we'll hear just a few tips from Grace about what you can do to support your young child's communication development using what you already have. And we'll hear about her favorite resources to share with families as a parent or caregiver of an infant or toddler you want to make sure you're doing it right but everywhere you look there's another learning toy or fancy subscription box that you don't have room for and that your child seems to lose interest in all too quickly you want to support your infant or toddler's development but you struggle finding the right toys or enough time and energy to do it You just want the map to get through these first few years and find more joy in the journey as well. If any of this rings true for you, you're in the right place. Right now, I'm giving away my free Infant-Toddler Development Blueprint, a straightforward guide that will help you discover the four major areas of development in the first three years of life and what's involved in each of those areas, find out what you can do to support development using what you already have in your home, Learn how to follow my four pillar framework to maximize the time you're already spending with your tiny human and much, much more. If you are ready to boost your infant or toddler's learning, stop feeling like you're winging it all the time and simplify your life, head to learnwithless.com blueprint and download my free infant toddler development blueprint today. Okay, Grace. <laughs> so what tips, other than everything you've already said, what tips yeah. do you have specifically for families who are curious about, say, using everyday materials and using those routines to really support their child's language development?
1: Sure. So I would say the number one tip, and I get this is difficult to do, um, is to decrease questions. To
0: so decrease, decrease questions. Okay, great.
1: Yes. Yeah, so decrease questions, and instead turning them into statements, because mm. you know it does take the pressure off the child. Mm. So for example, let's say you know I'm sure a lot of us are washing our hands these days. You can have your child as they're washing their hands. Instead of asking, "What are you doing?" You could say, "Oh, wash hands, wash hands. We're washing our hands." So doing a lot of narrating and just remember. instead, Instead of asking the question, turning that question into a statement. So another example could be, let's say, um, you know, your child is eating a cookie. Oh, what are you eating? What flavor is it? What color is it? You can just say, oh, you're eating a chocolate chip cookie or you're eating a cookie. And that way the child is hearing the words that we want them to say, and it takes off the pressure. Because I feel like oftentimes, you know, when I see children ask, get asked so many questions, they kind of shut down and they shy away more versus when it's more indirect. So I would say that's such an interesting one my, point. Yeah, Yeah. So that's definitely one of my favorite tips to give. Mm-hmm. And then I would say another tip I like to give is providing choices. That's that way when you give a child choices, it makes them Feel like they're in control, yeah. <laughs> um, and this can be helpful. I feel like with meal times, <laughs> so, definitely. Yes. Um, of course, you know when you do give the choices, don't give them something you definitely don't want them to eat, like two sugary meals. <laughs> right, <laughs>
0: it has yeah. to be both. Both choices have to be something that you feel comfortable with. Exactly. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so you can even ask, "Oh, should we eat an apple or a banana?" <laughs> that way they can choose. But in their mind, they're like, "Oh, I get to choose which one I get to eat." So, providing choices, and that can be done during many um, routines, whether it's mealtime, dressing up. Maybe um, you know their little one likes to choose their own clothes. So you can say, "Oh, should we wear?" Are red shirts today or our white shirts today? Right. So that one's another helpful one that can be done throughout the day. That I like That's a use. great
0: one, too, because in in that like choice making, you're also mm-hmm. like bathing them in all this language. Right. Without like drilling the colors, for instance, which I think exactly. a lot of a lot of us as adults tend to get stuck in and like mm-hmm. my child has to learn how to say red, white, blue, green, purple. But. In reality, if they if they can't communicate like the things that we want them to communicate, Mm -hmm. of course, are within that everyday context and everyday routine. So if they can indicate which one they're interested in or say shirt or whatever, like or say that that that's like the word that is a way more useful <laughs> exactly. word than the u- than the word red for instance so yeah, i love that's
1: that that's a good point yeah no especially with the colors but like you said i do often see a lot of parents focusing on like oh my child doesn't know the letters or the colors yet I say, you yeah, know, that's okay. What about other words like help or want or open? Yes. Do they know that yet? So that's another good point you said too, is focusing on those functional words because that way they're able to communicate better. If the child only knows their colors, how are they going to ask for help? They can't just say red. Right. Like, red what? <laughs> So yeah, I liked that point that you made there. And then another thing is, I guess this goes along with using everyday items too is, well one with toys is when families ask me like, Oh, what toy, what kind of toys should I get from my child and I'm looking to get them something for their birthday or for the holidays. So I remind them, you know, it's really better to get a toy, the less a toy does, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, that way, so specifically toys without sounds, without any batteries. And, you know, when I tell them that, they say, oh, really? That's interesting. Why is that? And I said, well, you know, if the toy is already making the sounds and the words, will your child see the sounds or yeah. the this sounds? And they're like, oh, no. So it's really helpful to get a toy that has no sounds. And, I mean, a few of my classic toys are, you know, like blocks, wooden type puzzles, pretend food, because that way the mm-hmm. child's able to do different sounds with it they can label with it since the toy isn't doing it for them already
0: right and they can engage in those sort of imitative play Mm -hmm. contexts like with the pretend food you know giving it to the parent asking the parent if they want it even giving the parent choices between this right and then they're imitating what we do to them and that's something that we always want to see with with little ones. So yes, right. great point. I love that. Open-ended materials versus those cause and effect toys. Because again, as we've talked about so often on the Learn With Less podcast, you know, when when we have those kinds of toys that purport themselves to be teaching your child all of these mm-hmm. things, maybe, uh, you know, on the side, they're like complementing that knowledge. But really what they're teaching is cause and effect, which you right. can also teach with a light switch, right? You're right, yeah. <laughs> a light
1: switch it would definitely give you that.
0: <laughs> so definitely save your money on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Love it. And then how about resources? We'd love to know what some of your favorite resources to share with families are who are, you know, looking for those practical and simple solutions to support their little ones.
1: Yeah, so a few specific resources that I've used. Well, Teachers Pay Teachers does have a lot of uh, various um, resources. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't want parents to think like, oh it just says teachers is it only for teachers it's really for you know anyone and a lot of the handouts that I make here are also meant for parents so teachers pay teachers um, I use a few websites you know for parents that want to have an interactive experience online of course I do like to limit the usage of being on the laptop or the iPad, sure. but one of uh, one um, website I like to use is called ABC app. They have a lot of different games on there. They have holiday games on there. And what helps is, you know, of course the parent can be there with you, so you can make it interactive for them. Mm. You can, for example, there's one where you can build a pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can ask the child, oh, which one should we get? Should so we get the black eyes, the brown eyes? So I like that the website's very interactive. And they also have stories mm-hmm. uh, for children, too. Same with Starfall. There's a lot of different um, stories and
0: animated activities on Starfall as well. So, what, um, so you said Starfall. What was the first one you said? ABC? ABCya.com. Yeah, abcya.com. Yeah, okay, dot, cool. Mm-hmm. So, so those are a few great sort of high tech resources yeah. for families who are looking for the more right <laughs> technology. Asking, oh, what can
1: we do online? Okay, remember, right. just you know, be there, help make it interactive versus just here you right. go, use the iPad.
0: And also to point out, too, especially with the little ones under the mm-hmm. age of three, the the most effective, you know, play is, is going to be with those actual physical objects that they can touch and manipulate and move around and lift and figure yeah. out how big they are and how heavy and all of that. Exactly. But So those are really fun resources to like build out if that's where you want to go with, with some mm-hmm. of the time that you're spending with your little one. That's great. Yeah. Any other resources just like for parent education that they can look to? I mean, obviously your, I want to give a big plug to your Instagram well, um, you. <laughs> feed because it is so helpful. We both share a lot of information with parents on Instagram. Can you tell us what, just so that they can hear it, what your Instagram handle is?
1: Sure. Um, it's graceful so yeah like on my Instagram I do also like to share a lot of different handouts and the handouts include strategies that parents can do with certain boys, certain activities, certain daily routines and then I'll also just provide a few activities or even things you can do for um, like brushing your teeth or sometimes I'll collaborate with other people like with the dentist we talked about um, the brushing teeth and you know using great. sweets and how you can serve sweets with your toddler. So a few of them are also feeding therapy related.
0: Cool. Yeah. Great. Well, where can people find you who are looking to find out more about you, about the services you provide and the resources that you provide, Grace? Sure. So I'm in
1: Los Angeles, but because of COVID, I am doing everything via teletherapy at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> but if it wasn't, if it wasn't COVID, then I usually do provide services in the home, either in the. I know Los Angeles is a big county, so specifically in the Pasadena area, Glendale area, Burbank, um, La Cunada. But right now, since I am doing teletherapy, then it could be anyone in California, since that's where um, I'm licensed.
0: Excellent. And your website, where can people find you online?
1: Oh, sure. It's uh, grateful-expression.com.
0: Beautiful. Well, very, very great. <laughs> thank you so much for your time and energy today, Grace. No problem. And thank, thank you. you for everyone listening from home or on the go. Thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, Ayala. Goodbye to Grace. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thank you so much, everyone. The Learn With Less podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. Don't forget to download our free infant and toddler development blueprint by heading to learnwithless.com slash blueprint today. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Learn With Less podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast player. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Learn with less with a friend or colleague. See you next time.